0: Good morning and welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. You were just listening to The Water, The Water is Wide, uh, the Wasuli Boat Song. And this is music created by uh, is it Wu Fei? Yes, perfect. Wu Fei and uh Abigail Washburn. They will be in New Haven at the Schwarzman Center March 1st. They are in a, an incredible duel of Appalachian folk songs and Chinese folk songs.
1: Yes, I'm really excited. Uh so, actually, March 2nd. Is it March oh, 2nd? March, March 2nd? hmm Okay, Saturday. March 2nd.
0: Saturday. Oh, so, so Wufa, tell me about this collaboration because you play a particular instrument and she plays a particular, uh, Angela plays a particular instrument. How,
1: how did this collab happen? <laughs> Uh, we uh Abby and I have been friends since uh 15, 16 years ago, all the way back to uh when she was um uh playing because she went to school to study uh Chinese language, uh Chinese um culture, Eastern Asian studies at school. And uh, uh I've I came to the States as a young musician. Um so, so our path as a as a, a string player, uh our paths just naturally uh, crossed, uh, introduced by a mutual friend who's also musicians, string players. So that's uh, back in Colorado when we were introduced and we met each other and Abby was on tour. Uh, So our mutual interest of music and language and cultures brought us together, and over the years we kept our uh, friendship going, our collaborations, whenever we crossed our paths, because we're both busy with our own projects, so it wasn't so easy to always you know, uh, China and America, both are very big countries, <laughs> to <bother. laughs> just happen to be in one city. <laughs> so the, the, the strong will really kept us together. Yes, and our instruments, uh, my instrument is called the gu zheng. It's an ancient uh, Chinese zither, literally gu means ancient, zheng means zither, uh, has uh, at least 2,500 years of history, it's been around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big string instrument and it looks like a flat harp with 21 strings. Uh, it sits on the, um, kind of on, could be on your lap uh, or could be on stands. Um, and the zither uh, is all over Asia. The, there's the Korean version, the gayagum, the Japanese koto, the Vietnamese danchuan, all over Asia. So we're all cousin instruments. Uh, and Abby plays the banjo, which is also, has been brought from uh, Africa uh, over the slave trade uh, uh, time that uh, kept um, the Africans on the boat very strong playing their uh, instrument. Uh, so it, our, our instruments just uh, have been traveling all over uh, human history. And to this day, uh, America is a new melting pot uh of continent if we we think about human history how long so we we all have gotten here um and and there are just two uh instruments uh two humans want to want to share songs and stories really as simple as that uh Mm -hmm. so that's our kind of a quick a long story make it short
0: (laughs) i love it so we'll uh did you start out playing as a child this instrument, or did you play another instrument and then you picked this up? Like you decided to capture this cultural, historical piece of uh, instrument.
1: Oh wow, my story um, wasn't so uh, so. Uh, I, my, my parents decide my path as a musician when I was uh, maybe my parents also their musician uh, professor friends who were at the conservatory. I was no, I was chosen basically to play, to play music as when I was two years old. They had their way of scouting music talent. I don't know what happened. Um, so uh, I was put on the path pretty early on. Not my, by my choice. I had a pretty tough time uh, as a child, uh, being you know forced to practice two hours a day minimum since I was five, for like the next ten years. Absolutely no excuse. So it was very I had a very rigorous uh training as a child in the conservatory system. I, I did play also play the piano because uh, I want want wanted to become a composer and the uh, piano was the instrument that you really is like the instrument you need to learn to cover entire uh music history or understanding music theory from the west from the east it was just like so um yeah and i've been singing um in in choirs from smaller choir to big choir uh throughout my childhood as well mm-hmm.
0: and so so how old were you when you came to the zither uh
1: i started in my first lesson when i was five.
0: Oh, okay so you started with the because i i met another uh uh chinese uh, musician and they started with like the violin or something like that Mm -hmm. and then as they had grown up and got older they discovered a particular instrument that was as old as this and they wanted to um bring it to the world you know to to not lose it in the culture because nobody is really playing this anymore and so 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 i was wondering if you had a similar story because this is an old this is a very old instrument and are people, like, is that something that you see? I, I imagine you see it all the time at home. I mean, in in, in, in China, but uh, I was just curious as if it was something you started with or you picked it up later.
1: It's actually, I have to mention um, my upbringing, my family um, has a lot to do with uh, choosing this instrument. My father is a very talented musician and he plays the traditional three-string fretless Chinese lute. That's also, uh, I would say, it's been in China for about 2,000 years Mm -hmm. from the Silk Road trade era from 2,000 years ago, but it has stayed in China, uh, played throughout. So my dad, he's a very very virtuosic player on the the Sanxia, which literally means three-string. Uh, It originally came um, from um, from uh, Middle East, from Iran, I believe, and then. But uh, so also my neighborhood where I was born and raised was uh, the west side of the Forbidden City, which had a lot historically for many centuries have had uh, Chinese poets, writers uh chinese opera performers uh composers uh the old uh, like royal relatives there were all because it was the that that the district where a lot of the, like uh, big picking opera when when people had a free time they were just playing picking opera just practice uh, as a band in, in their uh, courtyard houses so um I, w- I was raised in that environment mm-hmm. so somehow uh very by very by luck pure luck that uh the passion from my family about traditional art, calligraphy and the, the old parks, you go to the old parks to to sing opera with your buddies. Uh, <laughs> it was it was always around uh, it, it, since <laughs> I was born, I think I, I was born into that culture. I never thought of, oh, you know, as a baby, two year, two, three year old, I'm gonna, you know, carry on the heritage. Like I <laughs> couldn't have thought, but my parents really they always loved folk music, Chinese operas. And, uh, and, and and at the time, piano was much more expensive to buy and China had uh, just stopped from decades of political chaos from the Cultural Revolution. Uh, so there was no manufacturers making traditional Chinese instruments and it stopped uh, because uh, during the Cultural Revolution, traditional Chinese music was considered uh, bad, like the old evil. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so uh, so a lot of, you know, the even had to hide or, or throw away uh, their instruments to avoid trouble. If you get busted, you know, who knows, it can get very you know, beaten up or something like that. So it took my parents a while to even find an instrument. For me to to learn at the beginning, my dad wanted me to learn his sunshine, his uh string lute. Lute, uh, I was like, nah, nah, you don't want to play what your dad plays, <laughs> 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 and uh, and then my mom said, Okay, now we really have to find something. So, with some kind of a friend network, and she was had access to the old Beijing music instrument manufacturer in the, in the warehouse, there was some you know, old instruments laying around. And the first thing my mom saw, oh, this giant, big zither-looking harp instrument. No one wanted well up. So my mom had to, like, borrow a, a like, scooter. <laughs> to get her, well, she only had a bicycle. There's no way you could put, like, a, you know, kayak on a bicycle at that time. So she really, like, bought a scooter. I mean, borrowed a scooter and the three-wheel scooter and then just banked all the way home. So that's... um. That's how it just all by kind of by coincidence, but they did ring much more to um, the traditional music since they were young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, so, and so, your relationship with, uh, with uh, Abigail, I imagine you hear something in the banjo that marries well with your instrument to make this new music.
1: Yes. Uh, first of all, they are both string instruments. Uh, strings, just, they, they they resonate no matter what kind of strings uh, uh, to me. Also, to me, I don't see instruments as, uh, oh, what matches or what don't. It's really the the person. Mm. And if you, I mean, because instruments, it's from the old time um, when there was no instrument made for people who live near the ocean you know you just grab some fish strings and put over a big tree you know war <laughs> and then that's you know that's kind of everywhere that shape instruments in every culture by the ocean especially um so it's a so i see i don't see a, what uh key or scale they sort of match it's like um uh, the, when the humans are open when they are they just want to play something uh, it, there's no obstacle mm-hmm. so uh, and, and I'm a fair lucky for me that the Gu Zheng, the zither has such a big range it covers four octaves from low d to high d all the way so i i see this has a huge potential like a piano is uh, when i want to become a bass I Have the low low d, very long bass tone. and i I want to do, do the mandolin sound. I'm on the top, super high. I would do the man- mandolin sound very tinkly. and then or I want to become a rhythmic guitar in the middle. so there's there's so many possibilities that the uh, uh to just hear where the story goes, if Abby is playing something more melodic, I can be the rhythm to, you know, I can be the ocean, I can be the wave, and she can be the boat. It's just so just like, so I don't think really um, much of a, uh, uh, yeah, the instruments is, is, I think, how open, how, how, yeah, how open the person can be, you know, you, you can be a virtuosic pianist, and, but if you are not willing to, to open up, to have different perspective, to change the piano, maybe to turn it into a different instrument, then you just, a piano will forever stay with those keys. But,
0: so when uh, you're co- composing, will do you hear the instruments before you start to compose something? Like when you are composing some music, some new music, cause this sounds like new music, right? Hmm. Do you hear where things ought to be linearly? Like, do you hear that? Yes. Like, do you hear when the piano should come in do you hear when the banjo
1: should come in? Do you hear when the zither should come in? If I am in charge of like every, so from the compositional, uh, composition background, when I, I'm in charge, I mean, I'm coming up with all the notes for the players. It's a different process. So with Abby, this is more of a collaborative. So I, I don't know much about the banjo uh repertoire before, at least, or the songs. So I, when she plays something, I, it instantly takes me to somewhere that's new, that I, I almost reinvented what the guzheng can sound. Uh, versus if I, and then but the more familiar I am with the instrument, the new instrument, then I have also more information. Then I will have more kind of more targeted sound because it will com- it comes with knowledge of knowing an instrument, even if I don't play it. But for different, let's say, if I write for a chamber orchestra or for a symphony or for a particular instrument, if I'm commissioned to write for a xylophone or for a marimba, then I really, um, I'm like, a, my brain works like an architect, that I do have a imagination of a sound story right? and when to introduce what that is very particular in my head, because they, they got to also build work as a house as a sound sonic house uh, and that makes sense to the storytelling um sometimes can be more spontaneous but much many of times is more of already in my head so in that process we call it the the inner image that i because also from years of from since i was a kid being in orchestra playing it understanding knowing the sounds and their strength what's good to be played, to be written on a flute versus on a bassoon, it is very different. So you want to shine the instrument's strength versus writing something that's super difficult to play. So um, there's a different process. And then for improvisation, it's a whole nother um, process in my brain. Mm-hmm. But with me, this is much more of a uh, hearing um, a, 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 a culture, a way, a different way of storytelling that's more spontaneous, more natural coming out of I'm just like start co- you know, coherent the materials that I, that's in, in, in my into my hearing. And and so there are definitely structure we have used more structured to tie things because old folk songs are usually just kind of one phrase or no more than two phrases back and forth. So how do you weave? the the you know only one or two melodies into a more of a larger uh, s- uh, structure as a one piece. Then we did use uh, some of the the compositional craft to you know transitions or uh, vocals here only vocals and then or only instrumental and then want to bring them back or one person sings the other. So those are much more of the 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 designer the tailor. Uh, tailoring our material uh, process. So it's a combination of those. Mm -hmm.
0: So every time you step on the stage, if people are not familiar, and I would imagine if you're here in the West, a lot of people are not familiar with your instrument. Do Do you educate? Do you explain? Do you tell the history and the story of this instrument so that people are like, oh, okay, now I understand what this is.
1: Absolutely, yes, yes. Uh, not only, oh yeah, usually I would do a little intro of the brief uh, history. Uh, also each song, I will give a little bit also in, introduction, a background of what was coming and what region, and how long and possibly uh, or how accurate this piece it is what you are hearing because the notation system has been around in Chinese notation system has been around also for more than two thousand years so it's going to be as pretty accurate to what you are hearing today because the, uh, uh, the the notation is around but for folk songs you might hear have a bit far from you know, what's like from 300 years ago because you know it's all oral passing uh learning uh or from what region it was about and then and, and yeah so uh definitely yes
0: so do you do you Do you get the sense that young people, particularly young Chinese uh, folks Mm -hmm. are interested in hearing these folk songs and learning um, a part that um, could possibly be lost over time? I mean, do do you find that there's some interest in, in, uh, um, in preserving these folk songs?
1: Yes, I see it. Definitely. It's, uh, uh I, I can't say, you know, how the percentage of, of the population is such a large population. It may still be, uh, uh, small, but, uh, yes, there are definitely a much stronger, uh, uh, desire to preserve and study, uh, these, uh, old traditional tunes. Um, and, uh, uh especially in the way that because when i learned these songs when i was a kid i was a teenager uh and not from a, a overproduction version of uh, because there's some of the songs are famous uh in china but uh the way it has been it had the songs have been presented almost in a super heavily uh production um um uh, you know it's like a Big scale it may mean somehow i think you can have a different perspective when you hear a song that's produced like that that it may not touches your heart because it's just so overproduced Mm -hmm. and in a big giant disco way you know to present (laughs) you know a folk sweet folk tune it just somehow you know people maybe just want to dance to it but but if, if it's put in a different setting and it's really just like a cappella, just sing it it can actually touch one's heart much more uh even the same song so it has happened a lot i see that so i feel to me i would um, like to really to do this more much more simpler way uh the, the earthy way because you know you even hear the the melodies and the lyrics It's really about people's life it's just not on a big, grand, gala stage to have a, you know, like a boombox sort of, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, could do that, but I think uh, maybe audience can be turned away if it you know, doesn't doesn't move their heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you seem very young
0: to uh, to be so connected uh, to these to these folk songs that are two, 3,000 years old. I mean, even though you grew up hearing them in your, uh, in your life, um, was there a time when you weren't playing these songs? Was, was there some other music that, you know, you were uh, playing and learned to play and kind of like to play beyond. Oh, um, in addition to
1: your folk music. Oh, absolutely. It was, uh, I think the the folk music uh, on this that's uh, we'll be playing at, at Yale, uh, they were just sort of in the back of my mind uh, as a as a like a upbringing sort of a, a, an environment that I, I knew in the back in the heart. But the really, I went through when I went through the uh, studies in the institutions in the China Conservatory uh, of Music. I had to learn a lot of, uh, let's say, Western classical repertoire, uh, more, much more of a contemporary Chinese repertoire, uh, and on TV there was a lot of. Actually, back then when I was a kid, it was quite open. I got to see a lot of music from, um, let's say, from India, Bollywood, Africa, uh, Japan, um, the Philippines. Uh, Yugoslavia, Italy, so it was, or Brazil, uh, and a lot of, uh, so I would, I really listened to a lot of those music uh, as a child, uh, and practice. let's say, you know, the whole nine yards from Bach to Handel to Mendelssohn to Beethoven, all the way to even Stravinsky, to studying the score, to read and do form and analysis uh so and when i came to the states as a, a college uh, kid i really uh, loved i was just my mind was also open up to so much that i never heard in china like I'm, i in my early 20s in in the states i, I immediately fell in love with uh, jazz, with uh, <laughs> Indian raga. You know, there was like, actually, the, the States, was so such a melting pot of uh, actually people from all over the world to come here, to live here, to make a life. So there were, they brought all their home music too. And West African drum dance ensembles and then electronic music. Uh, uh, yeah, and Balinese gamelan, uh or a rock, a experimental I mean- rock, ex- <laughs> heavy metal, <laughs> name it, you name it. <laughs> I was having a ball. <laughs> it sounds like you were having a cultural overload with all this um, music. I, mean, I don't know. Because like, to me, I didn't really need to, uh, tightly to grasp on any Chinese because that's where I come from. But, and then I just was so uh, exposed to all these new um cultural elements and the uh, w- different way of uh, you know expressing yourself uh, often from is the opposite from the chinese tradition which was from the the old school traditional uh, repertoire you 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 very proper and you know mm, you only stick with, with this structure and not that structure and the uh, the state's really Um, changed my life in in, in a really amazing way. Mm -hmm.
0: So what do you listen to now? Like when you're not listening to folk music and like, what are you listening to Beyonce? Like, what are you doing? Who are you listening to? Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) For the very current moment, I mean, I listen to all kinds of music. I just listen to things that are interesting and inspiring. Um, But the most recent I discovered a new K-pop group uh mm. called uh, uh XG and it's they're like a group of young women who can rap who can who they, they rap in three languages and wow. uh, yeah english korean japanese and uh and then they they can sing so it's really you know you thought oh bts blackpink were so you know gloriously sensational uh, successful and then what's next but boom there comes another group it's like wow in this phenomena anyways so i just thought it was really cool and and listening to things that are very authentic uh like a root really root music from mm-hmm. different um, culture uh and hearing their language because language when you don't understand is really actually a sonic experience because the rhythm how they you know when um, I mean, yeah, it's just like sounds and pitches and rhythm, so that's uh, really uh, what also like listen to and uh, and yeah, so that's the very current moment. And of course, every now and then I want to listen to the the some of the compositions that I you I, I love um, to you know just because especially uh, like orchestral music like from from Beethoven. I mean, from uh, Mendelssohn, especially Mendelssohn. Um, just to hear because there's so much complexity it's it's beautiful but there's so much every time. Mean, it's like a novel every time you read it again you hear something new <laughs> and, um, you know because you also want to craft like how did he do that how did he put the oval and then you know clarinet? like wow so interesting so uh so these kind of a moments yes
0: oh i love it all right so so you and abigail are, are performing on saturday the second what mm-hmm. what what will we expect to? What can I expect to hear? Like what what are you doing? What's what's that set oh.
1: look like? And uh, wow, it's it's gonna be one um, whole set, and uh, uh, it's gonna be all over the map. I think for the for <laughs> America, is from the 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 Appalachian, the sea coastline style to the mountains to like the Western cowboy. Um, uh, time to conduct a, a group of all-girl band from Kentucky that went to Shanghai to tour in the 1930s uh, also mixed with traditional Chinese folk songs that also all over the map from you know from the northeast that's border with Russia to all the way to uh, Guangdong that's border with uh, Vietnam or uh, Cambodia um, from the birthplace of Confucius to, uh, Western China, the Uyghurs people's music that, uh, also has similar sentiment from the Texas cowboy, you know, it's like one, one, so it's, it's all over the map and we sing in Chinese and English together sometimes uh, uh, separately, sometimes mix them together. So hearing the language kinds of mixing in, into one is, uh, is is one experience. And we'll do some um, opera uh, uh, from the hunan province about Mulan, uh, uh, it's one of the most famous. And then quite a few, yeah, tunes are, you, in China, Chinese students are known and loved by at least a, a point, 1.4 billion people. So uh, it will be a, a very fun experience. Oh, I love
0: this. So uh, so at each each turn, are you telling the story about the song or the, the piece you're about to play? Like, as I feel like it's like a, a, a history lesson.
1: It will be like that. Yes, it will be like that. And we will... Uh, sitting down or standing up and the, uh, uh there's a also in, improvisation part yes uh it we will, will have a, a stories weaved within in and out of the songs as well
0: now is it just you two on stage or do you have a, a company company amid like, you like to have just the two of us just the two of you making all this music yes wow and so <laughs> have y'all i mean you've known each other for so long and you know each other's probably uh, uh, rhythms and stuff. Uh, are you are you all touring together now? Like, is this part of a tour?
1: Well, this one, we are performing. Uh, definitely, we don't perform a lot together, but uh, okay. we do uh, every year. Yeah, we just did it last fall in the, in the Midwest. And then this one, Yale, so far is... Uh, The this spring is the only concert we're playing, but we will have more coming up this uh fall that's already being discussed. So, uh, uh, I would love to have, um, yeah, the the, your uh, network and people from Yale, and I'm sure everyone's got friends from all over the country. Uh, yeah, just stay tuned, and then we should be, uh, yeah, having some uh, new concert scheduled soon.
0: Oh, I love it, I love it, and I love the piece. uh... Uh, the piece, uh, the water is wide. I I thought that was a very beautiful piece and moving, and um, and it, I'm glad that it's recorded so that people can like hear it um, when when we're not seeing y'all on stage.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, that's one song. That's uh, the Uzuli uh, uh, boat song. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a super super um, uh, uh, lovely tune, and uh, yeah.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you had time to uh, come on this morning, uh, Wu, and uh, talk about this music and talk about this upcoming concert on Saturday. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to try to make it because I'm intrigued by this music now and this instrument. Like, I now I want to see this instrument up close.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. If you can get uh, really close, yeah, because uh, we always know that the audience want to see how I pluck, how uh, Abby plucks. Our finger work. It's yeah. This is quite of a quite can be quite intense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my producer, uh, Harry Joseph, is gonna play us out
0: with uh, the Roving Cowboy song, so that. Uh, so I want to thank you for your time this morning, and uh, welcome when you come to New Haven if you're not already here. Welcome, and uh, I hope you have a good time.
1: Thank you so much th- for having me. And uh, Abby says hi, but uh, she, yeah, somehow she uh, couldn't get on. But uh, we will be in New Haven in just a few days. We're going yes. On Thursday. Yes.
0: Yes. I I look forward to seeing you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Harry, for playing uh, Roving Cowboy. And uh, have a, a, a good rest of your day.
1: Thank you, Babs. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thursday. I loved it. Bye. <laughs>